When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, Coinbase is going to direct list on NASDAQ. NYU professor says men should start having more sex and stop staring at their Bitcoin prices. And we welcome the CEO of IDEX, Alex Wern, on this show to talk about their move to Binance chain and other chains. Coming up today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, February 2nd, 2021. Damn, I'm in a good mood today. Woke up, hit the gym, shoveled my snow, took out the trash, made some breakfast, and now I'm podcasting. Can't get any better than that. When you wake up, you feel productive, you are productive, and you get green across the board. Let's take a look at those crypto prices. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. And I'm recording this at 10.30 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $35,050.88, up 4.72% from yesterday. Ethereum, $1,434, up 9.5%. Litecoin, $142.80, up 10 point, well, let's just call it 11%. Chainlink, $2,292, up 4.9%. And XRP, $0.38.3, down 12.5%. Total market cap for all of cryptocurrencies we're sitting at $1.039 trillion, up 4.2% from yesterday. With a BTC dominance of 62.2 cents, we are definitely seeing some alts skyrocket. The only red in the top 20 are Doge and XRP. That should tell you something. Now getting into our main conversation today, I'm talking to Alex Wern, the CEO of IDEX, and we're going to talk about their migration to different chains and their expansion of their decks. Here's Alex. Hey, doing well. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. I, I almost stumbled. I was gonna say welcome back to the show. But yeah, it's welcome back to the show. Right? Yeah, we did one a couple months ago. I think it was the history of the decks or how decks work or something like that. And anyway, I, I love to have you on. I always appreciate talking to you. Uh, but what we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about the evolution of IDEX. You guys are going to be multi-chain. We're talking about Binance Smart Chain, uh, Ethereum still layer two you'll be working on. Tell me about what is going to be popping off today. Yeah, that's exactly right. So at IDEX, our goal is to be the fastest, most secure decentralized exchange. And that really consists of two parts. So first off, you have to be a DEX, uh, which to us means smart contract based custody. So we never control your funds. No matter what happens, the end user is always in control of their own assets. The second piece for us is that the exchange should perform like a centralized exchange. And there's uh, kind of no shortage of conversation or discussion around some of the drawbacks of DEXs. Um, for us, you know, that the exchange should be able to match the performance of your top tier centralized exchanges, which means tens of thousands of orders per second, a great UI API, advanced order types like stop loss, you know, all the things that traders have come to know and love. And so we have both of those pieces today, that centralized exchange performance and the smart contract based custody, the decentralized custody. Uh, but there's kind of a third thing in that it also needs to be affordable. 
Um, so if you think about centralized exchanges, they don't have a gas fee associated with settling each trade. You know, once you're in the exchange, you're good to go. Uh, and, and there's a lot of conversation around the costs and uh, you know, how expensive it's become to use Ethereum-based applications. So uh, for us, we look at this launch as and Binance Smart Chain as you know, one of a couple different ways that we're exploring of, of solving this affordability crisis. So we have our own layer two in development, which will help lower the transaction costs on Ethereum. But we're also excited to announce that we're deploying uh, the same application on Binance Smart Chain uh, starting later this afternoon. Um, so this is kind of another way to give users that great user experience, but with a much, much more affordable transaction cost. So uh, we were doing some test trades this morning and it costs about 15 cents per trade uh, versus anywhere from 10 to $50 on Ethereum, depending on what the current congestion is. Um, the, the last piece, though, is that this also allows us to open up new assets to customers. So you're seeing a lot of projects that are deploying on Binance Smart Chain exclusively, and this will allow us to give customers access to those markets. Can you just do me a really quick favor is to please just define a DEX versus like, as I think you still call it, a hybrid DEX. For us, DEX, the core uh, kind of component is that you don't trust someone else with your funds. But if you think about an exchange, there's a lot of different pieces. There's custody, which is who controls the cryptocurrency during the trading process. There's also things like the order book, the matching process, the UI, and all of those can be run in a decentralized manner or in a centralized manner. Um, pretty much every exchange, even uh, you know, quote unquote, more decentralized, decentralized exchanges have the UI centralized. So if you go to uh, any website uh, today, that's going to be a centralized UI. Um, so the question then is things like the matching and execution process, is, is that decentralized? And in our case, we are running that matching engine. Um, now, the flip side is that because we are actually operating that component of the exchange, that's how we're able to give users that experience of a centralized exchange. So we really tried to find that balance, centralizing the components that actually make the user experience better. You know, it prevents things like front running or trade collisions, uh, while at the same time, keeping that core part of custody decentralized so that users still never have to trust us with their funds, no matter what happens. There's two aspects of what you said that I really want to touch on really quick is one, look, I think everybody who's used like Uniswap or something like that has transactions that didn't go through yet their gas was still spent. And it's just the most frustrating, annoying thing that ever happens uh, when you're trying to buy some coins. But the reason why people keep going back to like Uniswap or one inch or what, what have you is that they are putting any crap coin that you want to, you know, um, gamble with on, on their platform, you can just launch it on Uniswap, right? Um, first, my first question is, when you're talking about lower fees, and you're talking about a DEX, are you going to stop all of those problems that you might have on Uniswap where transactions don't go through, but you're still paying a crap ton of money trying to get your, your shit coin? And the other one is, is how much flexibility is, the, is everybody going to have to launch their token on your DEX and just go for it? Yeah, so first question, the the fact that we have the matching engine that we're operating eliminates all those issues that you that you alluded to in terms of the UX problems. So there are no trade failures. There's not that situation where you think you got a certain price and uh, you know it actually didn't go through. Um, you're not going to get front run, right? So that's another big problem. Is and and you can think about you know we talked about the what, pieces what is front of run? Sorry, what is front run? Yeah, so front run is when someone else sees your incoming transaction and 
essentially jumps in front of it, front runs the transaction, resulting on you getting a worse price. So you can actually watch some of these DEXs. You'll see a transaction come in, increasing the price for you when your buy goes through, your sell goes through, and then they'll sell it back to the contract as soon as you're done. And the purpose to enrich themselves uh, at the, you know, kind of the detriment to the user. So we're addressing all of those issues that exist on, on current versions of DEXs. Uh, the second piece around listing any asset, we're exploring that. Uh, for now, there isn't an open permissionless listing policy. Um, we, we think that's kind of a double-edged sword. It's, it's definitely uh, good for projects that you know, it kind of lowers the barrier to getting their app, their application or their token out there. Uh, but if you've noticed, there's still uh, kind of the perception of graduating within crypto exchanges. You know, people trade on Uniswap, but as soon as it's on uh, kind of, you know, call it a better or, you know, a, an exchange that traders are familiar with and has the user experience that they've come to expect, uh, many people will move over. And, and you typically see that the volumes move with it. So, you know, we think that the success has been great for the growth of decentralized technologies. It's really showing the promise, but it's, it's going after a bit of a different market. Uh, our goal is to compete with those top centralized exchanges, but, but in a way that users never have to trust them with their funds ever again, right? You shouldn't have these issues where an executive is taken into custody and people can't get their funds out for 30 days. Um, <laughs> you know, these sort of no, situations- we're not speaking about any exchange in particular, are we? No. <laughs> um, just the, the concept that that, you know, you have this decentralized uh, movement where people are supposed to be able to take control and, and take power, but uh, it's kind of all concentrated in these custody solutions associated with these exchanges. It's, it's not the, meant the, the way these assets were meant to be traded. So my last question to you is your token, my friend. Look, I, I, I can't get on Binance because I am American. So I'm like, where can I get the token? And now that you're saying that you're running on different chains, um, does that mean that you're going to have like a BEP2 IDEX token and an F or ERC20 IDEX, to IDEX token? Are they the same price? Are they working with each other? And what can I do with it? Yeah, so it's a great question. So the IDEX token allows users to stake and earn 50% of the trade fees from the exchange. So as volume on the exchange grows, so will that uh, revenue stream back to those that are staking. Uh, the stakers are helping actually decentralize the application. Uh, there's a couple things they're doing. Uh, you can learn more at idex.io slash staking if you're curious on kind of the mechanics of what a staker is doing. Now, those same features and functionality need to be replicated on the Binance Smart Chain. And you can't use, uh, for a host of reasons, the same token that's on Ethereum, uh, both in terms of kind of the security implications as well as the economics. It requires a new token, uh, an IDEX-B, as we're calling it, for idex uh, BSC. Uh, the question then becomes, how does that token get distributed? And we thought the fairest way was to airdrop it one-to-one -to, -one to existing IDEX holders. So we're doing that over a period of time. So if you're an existing IDEX holder on IDEX ETH, then you'll be getting the IDEX Binance Smart Chain version over the next couple of years. So just to be clear, IDEX B is separate than the IDEX ETH. And, and then they're going to be actually trading probably at two different prices. Is that correct? Yeah, that's the expectation, right? And each one is uh, allows you to stake and earn fees from the corresponding version on that that particular layer one. And IDEX B and IDEX F is both going to be available on IDEX. That's exactly right. Yep. From today. Uh, good question. So IDEX B is not yet live. That will be going live in the next couple of weeks. So we're rolling out the exchange first, and then the token will launch a couple of weeks later. 
Awesome. Alex, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking to see how this works out for you. And I'm looking also to see how uh, the token goes. Alex Warren, CEO of IDEX. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. And in other news, national digital currencies primed to flop, says researchers. Many countries are researching and experimenting with CBDCs, or central bank digital currencies. Economists Peter Balfinger and Thomas Haas argue that CBDCs may fail as a medium of exchange because of competition with private banks. However, they say CBDCs could succeed as a store of value for firms and large investors. And here's my two cents on this. I think that you don't know. Nobody knows how this new technology is going to play out. Look, we didn't know how the iPad was going to be used. Everybody was like, it's not going to work. It's just a big iPhone, but you can't call from it. And now, imagine taking a flight with your kids without an iPad. (laughs) We don't know. We didn't know that adults wouldn't use it for what they're supposed to use it for. We didn't know kids were going to love it so much. And we didn't know parents were going to need it so much. Obviously, an iPad is not currency. But what I'm trying to say is it seems like a very viable option for governments that want cheaper ways to print the hell out of money and transact in general. Also, it's going to be a great store of value, but is it going to be really competitive to other stores of value, gold, silver, other commodities, or Bitcoin or other digital currencies? I think that we're only going to have to wait and see how everything develops. And while you're doing that, as an investor or as somebody just curious about the economy, take a look. Just keep your eye on how the shifts start to happen. Sometimes you make a tool and you just don't know how it's going to be used. After months of speculation, San Francisco-based crypto exchange Coinbase recently announced its plans to go public via direct listing. The block reports that the company will list its shares on NASDAQ. Coinbase quietly filed with the SEC back in December, and direct listing was officially announced last week. It was originally thought they were going to go IPO, but unlike an IPO, direct listing doesn't involve creating new shares. Coinbase has also launched a secondary market for its private shares with NASDAQ's private market service, which already has implied that the valuation for Coinbase was going to be around $50 billion. So, now we don't know when this is going to take place, but keep an eye out for Coinbase, the first cryptocurrency exchange, actually I think the first cryptocurrency anything, on the stock market. And this just adds to the bullish news. Our unofficial homie, Michael Saylor, the CEO of MicroStrategy, has just bought $10 million more of Bitcoin. How much is $10 million of Bitcoin? That's 295 Bitcoins at an average price of $33,808, which now they hodl 71,079 Bitcoins, which they acquired for $1.145 billion at an average price of $16,109 per Bitcoin. Yowzers. Again, that is very bullish news. But what is even more bullish news is that Michael Saylor starts tomorrow his courses for corporations to get into Bitcoin. You can register as a corporation or as a company and learn how to leverage your holdings, your cash holdings into cryptocurrencies or Bitcoin. And he's doing this with apparently thousands of companies over the course of this month. All of this information is going to be free and accessible to anybody that wants it. Again, do you get any more bullish than this? Scott Galloway is a professor of marketing at NYU Stern. He recently spoke about the Reddit-induced spike in the price of GameStop and AMC on MSNBC and name-checked Bitcoin. He said, in quote, The biggest loss of capital here will be the loss of human capital of young men who are sitting around staring at their phones and watching the price of Bitcoin and the price of AMC. He continued to say, and ask yourself, 
Would you be better off taking that one, two, or three hours a day working out, trying to form relationships with mentors, romantic relationships, relationships with people at work, getting great at something so you could be the person on the other side of that trade? End quote. And he sent a tweet that basically summed up that whole interaction. What happened here, i.e. GameStop? It's about sex, specifically young men not having enough sex. Sex leads to relationships, obligations, and guardrails. Don't get into fights. We need you. Don't gamble your paycheck. We need you to save for a house. And tweet. My thoughts on this is, yeah, I agree with you, but you don't have to just do one thing or the other. You can trade Bitcoin and stocks and also have romantic relationships and have mentors and work out. You can do all of this at the same time. It's just not one or the other. I think that he should have said, don't just do this, but do all these other things too. Build wealth by trading and invest in stocks and and learn new things about the market while doing these other things. Hey, get a mentor to help you trade better. Hey, get a girlfriend that likes to trade too. And maybe have sex while you're buying Bitcoin. And finally, Litecoin is getting closer to adding Mimble Wimble's privacy features. Mingle Jingle is a redesign of the original Mimble Wimble protocol. The code is now ready for testnet and will be submitted for review next month. And when I saw this news, I was like, look, why would they even do this? As we saw, and if you've been listening to the news every day, you know that privacy coins are under scrutiny by FinCED, the Feds, the FBI, everybody. And some exchanges are actually delisting them. Monero, Zcash, and so on. So why would Litecoin add a privacy feature that would just maybe get them delisted from platforms? And so I reached out to Litecoin advocate John Kim and asked him, I was like, yo, couldn't this be a problem for listings? And he said, end quote, no, because it's opt-in. The exchange doesn't have to accept Mimblewimble Litecoin if they don't want to. We spoke with the exchanges before working on it, end quote. Well, there you go. It's opt-in. Litecoin's still Litecoin. It just has a feature that you can add to it. And apparently, the exchanges have the option to accept it or not, which they probably won't. But if they don't, you still have your liquidity, you still have your tradable Litecoin, and everything is just like normal with an added feature that you can use if you so choose. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron Deemer. My last name is Deemer, D-I-E-M-E-R. I never say my last name, but I said it today. It's one of those little things that you probably won't know unless you just listen to the episodes every day. And if you like these episodes and you like my last name, go to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and please leave a comment. It helps us stay visible and it gives people confidence to click on this show to know that they're going to get the best news in the crypto space. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy hodling, everyone.